Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hey, and welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me is a special guest by the name of Asher Chua, and I am going to tell you a little bit more about him, and we're going to get into a fun, awesome conversation. But before we do, Asher Chua is a student with a heart, curious to learn and share what he's learned. He has a background in civil engineer and construction. He was born in Yaoundé, Cameroon, and immigrated to the U.S., started podcasting to unpack his life and better understand people in his life through conversation. So without further ado, please welcome Asher to the stage. Hey. Thank you. And Asher, I hope I pronounced the birthplace correctly. Is it Yaoundé or how do you say it? One second. Gotcha. So did I say it correctly or no? Yes, you, you did. Okay, awesome. At, at least for me, somebody else might might argue different, but we'll let them worry about that. Awesome, awesome. And today I want to really spend time focusing on your background, what it was like for you to immigrate to the U.S., maybe some of the challenges you faced, and what really led you to get started in your background of civil engineer and construction, because, you know, sometimes people say, oh, you're you're this engineer, why, why didn't you go out to be an ME, a mechanical engineer, or an EE, <laughs> electrical engineer, because, you know, civil engineer is not always the popular one, but we do need them. So mm-hmm. let's let's start with that. Um, so why why I chose civil engineering? Yeah, and construction. Um, I I guess I I just kind of I chose civil engineering. I'm not sure if I'd say on a whim. It, it seemed like something good to try going through the uh, dual seal engineering program we had in high school, and they had like different classes you could take in engineering that had to do with. Um, CAD design, computer-aided design. You had projects you could work on. You could either build something on a computer, sketch it out, or you could build it in real life and kind of reverse engineer it. So if you're making a a mousetrap card per se, you use um, CDs, pegboards, and like the mousetrap basically to make this thing go. Once you set off the mousetrap, that would be what accelerates it. And then you could race your cars. So essentially um, not having idea of how to draw it, I was able to make it and then just take measurements of it. Like, oh, the CD's three inches wide or four inches wide, whatever a CD would be. And like my peg is this long. So I could just go in inventor and just sketch stuff like that out. So I appreciated that aspect of engineering and looking at um, what was available for colleges in in engineering, civil engineering sounded good. So I I tried it out, took some of the basic courses, did the math, science, started with like pre-algebra, worked my way up. And the more classes I took, the 
more I liked it. So I, I didn't really see any reason to change that. That was my main drive to civil engineering. Super cool. And do you have any engineers in your background that really left an imprint or an impact on you? No, um, I'm the only um, engineer, engineer graduate in my family. I would say I found out kind of after the fact, because for me, I immigrated to the U.S. when I was seven. And for the most part, grew up most of my life in the U.S. I found out later having a chance to kind of go back in 2015, 18 years after the fact, being in the States and seeing one of my uncles, he's actually does construction. Like he built an apartment complex right next to where he lives. So it's funny that we have similar interests without having like a conversation. Nobody pushed me to say like, oh, you should really go do this engineering thing. But it's, um, I forget what, what that's called, but I would say that's the the closest tie without having any kind of nepotism, so to speak. Super cool. And then with um, you doing civil engineering and then construction, how do you tie the two to the the two of them together? Because I know what civil engineering is, but maybe mm-hmm. the audience does not. So explain that and then just kind of package it together because they do go hand in hand because you can't really have construction without having a civil engineer to do the blueprint and really ensure that the foundation is laid properly. Right. I guess <laughs> funny story about that. When I say civil engineer, maybe I shouldn't claim to be a civil engineer, so to speak, like the, at least for me, the degree that I studied under was civil engineering, which encompasses um, five major fields of study. So for a civil engineering degree at my university, the track that you could go down, you could go the construction route. That's a field of work you can pursue. You can become a structural engineer which is doing like the heavy design of high-rise buildings, bridges, different things like that. You have transportation engineers that focus on roadway designs, as well as geotechnical engineering, which is actually what I'm doing now. They focus on classifying the soil properties and determining how, how suitable the soil is for Um, whatever you're going to build on it, whether you're going to build a a road, a hospital, a tunnel, um, a ditch, like you need to have a sense of like what's going on in the ground. And then something that's on its own, but still kind of tied to civil engineering or civil engineering is kind of like this gateway is also environmental engineering, but a true civil engineer would be someone that's like a a site planner, a city development. That, to my understanding, is what a a true civil engineer is supposed to be. And I I put that in air quotes because I'm sure different states maybe have different ways of certifying people and things of that sort, but something very quickly that you learn either through engineering school or through any college that, that matters that no matter what you go to school for, you graduate and the job that you do, you're not expected to know what to do 
hitting the ground running? Like the main thing that you're asked to do as an engineer or just like a new hire is really be open to learning. Like you spend four or more years learning how to learn. And that that's the biggest thing about being an engineer or just being someone that can be fit into any of these roles, depending on where you want to go. Super cool. And I'm glad that you elaborated on it because just insider tip, I've worked with a lot of engineers in my career. My background's actually corporate America and 12 of those have been in oil and gas and energy. So I worked with petroleum engineers, mechanical engineers, electrical industry engineers, chemists, when I had a stint in the chemical plant. And whenever I thought about civil engineer, I was like, yes, the construction, the blueprint, the planning, the designers and et cetera. But we very well need what you're doing now, because if I'm going to build a house, I'll use a house, for example, I want to make sure that my house is going to be sturdy. It's not going to have a sinkhole. It's not going to slide or et cetera. So by you evaluating the different types of soils and et cetera, and really looking at the environmental factors and making sure that it is suitable to build on that spot, whether you're building a home, maybe a doctor's office, commercial real estate, or et cetera, that is so needed. And just to hear you talk about it, I was like, oh, that's actually interesting. I didn't know there was that type of engineer, but you know, the, the sky is not the limit anymore. The moon is because there's footprints <laughs> on the moon. So thank you for the work that you're doing there. And one thing I want to ask, um, since you do have that versatile background, and I'm sure you come in contact with a ton of people similar to myself, since you are a podcast host, what led you to get into podcasting? Well, podcasting for me was a much needed hobby to start and just a way to be expressive or to speak, be able to to kind of create something. I enjoyed watching podcasts, listening to podcasts and just seeing something that I was like, oh, maybe I could do that. It it was maybe I can do that too. Okay, maybe I should do that. And then it's like, okay, why don't you just get up and do it? And then just getting through the process of doing something that I desired and just having the courage to finally put it out and trying less and less to hide away from the the aftermath of it, kind of digging through the guts, trying to find something that can be um, applicable or or less than like, but just the ability to have conversations with people in a meaningful way and also be able to share that with more people than just me and the other person communicating that that's really what I like about podcasting and what I look to do with it. Super cool. And I want you to tell the audience the name of your podcast. And does your podcast focus on a specific niche? Or do you just have an overarching four pillars that as long as the guests can fit into the theme or movement behind my podcast, there's someone that I want to talk to? Okay. My podcast is called It's My Time Podcast. That's I-T-S-M-Y-T-I-M-E podcast p-o-d-c-a-s-t and the the main reason for it is speaking to the main focus is speaking to everyday people because working in construction 
working with people in the trades, people that are either welders, farmers, um, people that are blue collar, as well as um, classmates that I went through school with, just people that I've met joining different groups and organizations. I found that there are a lot of unique people and you, you learn from almost anybody that you're willing to acknowledge and just spending time. I started in 2019 and kind of going through a a stressful period and, and hearing the noise that the world makes or social media makes a lot of time. I figured I would try to put out something positive and also highlight people that kind of mind their own business, don't really complain and just offer a little bit of light instead of just the, the same old, same old. I mean, it may not be anything new under the sun, but I appreciate being able to catch up with old friends, meet new people like yourself and share similar interests and also like dissimilar things, which helps us grow and and just learn about each other and actually try to have a conversation without just, uh, without just throwing our hands up and be like, oh, okay, just Groundhog's Day. Yeah, I love that because it seems like the sen- sentiment that you have behind your show, Asher, is similar to mine because I I love connecting with people from all walks of life. And that's where I love to bring in the diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging piece of my show because I am first-generation American, but I'm also very multicultural based on where my parents um, are from. And then based on my background of interacting with people who have traveled the world and et cetera, and just coming from a place where I feel like sometimes you know, there's power in your voice. And sometimes people may never get the chance to be on a platform. So if I can give them a spotlight on my show to showcase their subject matter expertise with the world, you never know how that is going to leave an imprint in order to drive an impact for the world to see, because it may not be evident in our time, but rest assured that having content out there is going to be evergreen and you never know whose life that you're touching, but as long as you touch a soul, then you've done your your part to help somebody. So I love that. And I want to commend you for taking the podcast journey. You you started a, probably a year before I did. And it's just incredible to just kind of sit down with another podcast host and kind of see where, where your head is at and some of the work that you're doing. And then the last question that I want to ask you, Asher, before we jump into the CTA is, immigrating to the to the U.S. I know you immigrated here at a young age at seven, but there are a lot of people that are immigrating to the U.S. Um, some just want a better life. Some some of their family members come here for work and, and other opportunities, but sometimes I feel like whenever you immigrate to another country and somebody who is ignorant, they're like, why did you come to this country? And I'm like, well, why are you in this country? Um, so what what has it been like for you? And especially in the light of what is taking place in modern day, we have so many movements that have started like the Black Lives Matter movement, the Stop Asian Hate, Me Too, and there's probably a ton of other ones that I'm not going to name. But have you ever felt like you were slighted in any way because you weren't necessarily born in the U.S.? Um. For me, immigrating to the U.S. has been a, a, a learning process. I'd say 
when I was younger, initially I may have felt slighted growing up and being able to move out of my town, go to college in a, a bit of a bigger town closer to the Atlanta area. Um, I enjoyed the education process that I got, like you mentioned earlier, having diversity. Um, for me, it, it's nice being around a melting pot of people, like where I went to school, like in fifth grade, we had the entire school was all fifth graders and you had a mix of like white, black, Latino, um, Asian, Pakistani, and diff different areas and, and things like that. And I guess a, lo a lot of things, like some things I, I guess I, I maybe forgot about them or I've learned not to dwell so much, but having the opportunity to work with, blue, with people that are blue collar, go to school with people that may be white collar, so to speak, saying like their parents may have also been in the similar field. It, it's helped me see things differently, being like not growing up around many black people, but now being connected to a group of men and a majority of black men that are um, striving to do more for for their family, be men of God, or just also like have that cultural aspect that's kind of helped me learn like, oh, okay, this these are things that are staples that people enjoy. These are things that are um, great tips. It's like, it's, it's something I may not have grown up with, but over like the last five years, like being in, being able to incorporate different things into my life, I've become more focused on developing as an individual person. And I've tried to really steer clear of any big group movement. I try to pay attention if I can to what's going on, but I've tried not to get caught up in anything that's very drastic. It's, if anything, I'll, I'll try to go against the grain just to be different. But then at the same time, it's always, it's interesting to see how moods kind of shift and, and in the same way where <laughs> coming to America and someone asking you like, hey, do you, did you live in a house? Do you live in a bush? It's like, just answer the question simply. And then later on, you come to find out it's like, oh, like some people may just ask because they don't know. And it's like, it's not necessarily their fault that they don't know. So it's like, you, you can't be upset with people. And for me also growing up in an environment that wasn't uh, rough, so to speak, like being middle class or or being even in a neighborhood that was more middle class. I, I know I wasn't ex exposed to many of the experiences that other people have. So I don't like look down on anyone. I don't try to look down on anyone. If in the past I've appeared judgmental, I may have, I may have done it unconsciously. And, and then now it's just trying to trying to just develop as a person that that's been my main focus it i don't really carry the moniker of 
being an immigrant. Like I know that's in my background and even through podcasting, getting a better sense of like who I am today versus who I was a year ago or two when I even started and just seeing the words I use, how I communicate, not only to other people, but most importantly, how I communicate to myself. So, and seeing what's repeated in my words and what's evolved is something that I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say. Amazing. And thank you for sharing that, Asher. And just really talking about your experiences, because sometimes when we don't look at our experiences and see the growth throughout the experiences, then we're missing out on connecting with who we are internally. And then how do we show up externally? So I just love that you um, mentioned that. I love that you're, you're going against the grain of salt. You're not jumping on the bandwagon because it's easy to do, but you're actually holding your own and you're remaining steadfast and doing something that sets you apart. And sometimes it's not always easy, especially when we live in a polarized society and people want you to pick a side. Or like I tell people, yes, I may be on the wrong side of the tracks to you, but it can be the right side of the tracks for me. But it's based on our perceptions and our perspectives. And now let's jump into the call to action, Asher. What is your call to action for the audience today? Um. For me, I I would say to the audience, for those listening, um, really ask yourself who you say you are. And I say that to say, look in the mirror for a minute and acknowledge who you are. If you have trouble doing that, that's a good sign that you're not doing enough for yourself with everything that goes on in the world, whether you're here or not, the world turns but you being here is it's in your best interest to enjoy what's here and enjoy the people that are around you but I would say really take stock of who you are where you are and and what you're doing and if you have trouble with that a resource that I found helpful is called selfauthoring.com and it's a resource um, created by a Canadian psychologist and some of his colleagues called Jordan B. Peterson. And it's a helpful tool. I don't get anything from it. I've just found it helpful to use over the last two and a half years. And it's an interactive way to plan out your life, review your past, and kind of look at what's working for you in the present. It's encouraging to fumble your way through it and do it messily. So if you're really struggling or if if you just need to check in with yourself, I'd say that just take a minute, look in the mirror and acknowledge that you love the person that's looking back at you. If you can't muster the love, at least start liking yourself. I love it. And I will have that in the show notes. And Asher, how can our community connect with you? What's your website and where do you primarily hang out on social media? The website is the podcast name. It's spelled I-T-S-M-Y-T-I-M-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. It's mytimepodcast.com. You can find me on IG under the same name at it's my time podcast.com or on Twitter at 
at mytimepodcast.com. I had to shorten it a little bit because the characters were too long. But for the most part, I'll be on IG posting and then everything gets updated on the website. You can check it out, see previous episodes or any audio platform that you listen to. You can find me there. There's a few things on YouTube, but for now, the main focus is just audio. Amazing. And Asher, I want to thank you so much for coming on and speaking to our community today. Um, Us getting able to getting inside your world and being able to hear about civil engineering and the various aspects of it, construction. We also talked about you coming over to the U.S. from Cameroon, as well as really taking inventory on who you are and where it is that you want to be. So thank you for dropping lots of knowledge today. Audience, all of Asher's contact information will be in the show notes. So scroll on down, read, and tap in with him. Make sure you like, comment and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. And for those of you that are interested in seeing the video to this recording, head on over to our YouTube channel and type at gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp, and you can see all things video. And I really want to thank each one of you for tuning in on a regular basis to support the guests, support the podcast and the movement behind the show, which is to bring you content that is educational, inspirational, and motivational, while also weaving in diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Because regardless if you believe it or not, it takes all of us coming together to make this world a better place and truly have a a synergy experience. Because what happens when we're united? United we stand and divided we fall. So until next time, peace love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day and believe in yourself because if you don't, who else will? Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services, to be here on GEMS Podcast.